A couple questions I want you to ask right up front and be thinking about, okay? And it's this. First question is this. What do you deserve? And here's what I mean by that. And don't answer out loud. But what do you deserve as far as how you live your life, the things you think about, the things you talk about, the way you treat people, your job when you get older and get a job, being married? What do you deserve in life? Like, after your life is over, as you're in life, what do you deserve? Think about that for a second. What do I deserve? Do I deserve a Corvette when I get older? Do I, do I deserve a smoking hot wife? Do I deserve a million dollars? Do I deserve a million dollars worth of candy? Do I deserve, I don't know, a palace made of gold? Or maybe a toilet made of gold. That would be neat. So think about things you might deserve, you think you deserve, things like that. Okay, now, next question is, what do you actually get? Like, you, you can relate this to right now. Like, the way you live, the things you do, the way you act, the, things, the way you talk, all those things. The way you treat people. What are the things you get for those things now? Or, or what do you think you're going to get realistically later on? Because you're probably not going to get a totally amount of gold, right? Um, maybe you will, and that would be really sweet. And if you do, invite me over. I would like to use the restroom in your golden toilet. This is just weird, isn't it? What, what am I talking about? But you're probably not going to get a golden toilet, right? And so what do you think you're really going to get? Think about it for a second. Just think about it for a while. Like, are you really going to get a Corvette? Probably not. You're probably going to drive a Toyota Camry, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Toyota Camrys. What? Um, or then, let's be honest, some of you are going to, you're at 16, instead of getting a car, you're going to get a, uh, a bicycle, a little huffy bike, or maybe a Razor scooter, a Razor scooter. You like my scooter move? So what are you really going to get? What are you realistically going to get, okay? Now, during the course of tonight, we're going to answer both these questions. What do you deserve? We're going to answer that. And what do you actually get? We're going to answer that, okay? And I'll let you know when we're answering them. So you're not like, we never answered those questions. I'll be like, yes, we did, because I said it. Hey, we're answering the question. So, y'all ready to get into it? Say, what, what, if you're ready to get into it. One, two, three. We weren't coordinated. Let's try it again on three. One, two, three. Okay, here we go. Ephesians chapter dos, which is Spanish for? Yes. Ephesians chapter two. Now, this is what it says. And this is the Apostle Paul, who is writing to a group of Christians in Ephesus, which is the name of a town, kind of a cool name. Everybody say, Ephesus. Nice. It's kind of fun to say, isn't it? Ephesus. Um, So he's writing to these Christians in Ephesus, and he is telling them these things that we're about to read. Okay, you with me? Now, this is what he says. As for you, talking to the Christians in Ephesus, but also talking to who? Us. Yes, talking to us. Okay, so as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. We talked about that last week. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. We're going to talk about what that is, who that is in just a second. Verse 3. All of us also also lived among them 
at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So these three verses obviously are very uplifting, right? You deserve death. You were born into your transgressions and sin. Because of that, you deserve death. You deserve wrath. Um, you just gave into your cravings of your flesh. Uh, you were ruled by the, the ruler of the air. So all this is like, yay, right? Yippee, let's have a party. No, this is like not happy thoughts. But he's, he's kind of lumping all of us into, into this, right? All the people in Ephesus that are Christians that he's talking to, he's like, okay, all of us were here at some point. We were all dead in our transgressions. We were all sinning. We were all doing whatever we wanted because we wanted to do it. And because of that, we deserve wrath. So let's talk about these three verses for just a second. Now, my first question to you is this, and don't answer out loud, but what makes you, you? What makes you, you? And here's what I mean by that. Like, if I, you're looking at me right now, and I am wearing some clothing, thank goodness. And uh, if I take off this shirt, I'm just like, stop it, you weirdos. I'm like, their shirt is done. If you look at that shirt, do you think, there's Brad. I was just wearing it, it's my shirt. But when you look at it, do you think there's Brad? No, okay. Well, maybe it's my shoes then because I wear them longer and there's more, there's more weight on them. Okay, now there's my shoes and my shirt. When you look at the shoes and the shirt, are you like, okay, there's Brad? No. If you said yes, you're weird because that's not me. I'm over here. Okay, so apparently clothes don't make up who you are, right? So we could even apply that to everything, right? And say stuff doesn't mean... That's who you are, right? Your car doesn't make who you are, even though you don't have one yet. Uh, your house, where you live, doesn't, that's not who you are. Um, none of that makes up who you are. Now, let's just say, I hope this doesn't happen, but let's just say I just had a heart attack all of a sudden. And I'm, <laughs> I'm having a heart attack right now. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like... <laughs> And I died. I'm not dead, so don't freak out or call 911 because your cell phone should be off. But I just died hypothetically. Now, when you look at my dead corpse, do you think, hey, there's Brad? Now think about it for a second because this could be a trick question. When you look at me and I'm dead, is this me? Okay, calm down, you hyenas. Calm down. Here's the deal. I'm going to teach from here the rest of the night. No, I'm not. Um, my dead body laying here would not be me any longer, right? If you don't know that, that's, that's the truth of it. My dead body is not me. This physical form that you're seeing right now, this hideous thing is not me. When you look at you in the mirror, the body that you're looking at is not you, really. Is it the physical body God gave you? Yes. 
Is it an instrument for you to use? Yes. Is it something that, um, that you are going to have for the whole time you're here on earth? Yes. So there, there is you like wrapped up in that, but you are not your body. And so what we learn from the Bible and what we just kind of know from life is that what makes up who you are is not anything physical, but it's your spirit. It's what's inside of you that makes up who you really are. And so when we're talking about death and life, every one of us is born physically and we live, and every one of us dies physically. All of us. That happens to all of us. So when we're talking about death and life, in what we're talking about here, we're talking about spiritual death and life. Because when we're all born, we're all born into death. Physically, we're alive. Spiritually, we are dead. It's just the way it's been for a long time. You can even look. But where did I throw my... There it is. Um, if you go back and you look at the beginning of the Bible, you look at Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, you kind of see the very beginning of the world of, of animals, plants, water. I mean, everything gets made in the ch- first chapter. Chapter 2, guess what he makes? It, and... He, gets, he makes it in chapter 1, but he kind of goes into detail in chapter 2, and we get to see how man was made and woman was made. And so, man and woman are made. God loves man and woman. Adam and Eve, they're hanging out in this garden. Everything's awesome. They're getting to enjoy hanging out with God. They're getting to name the animals. Wouldn't that be a cool job? Like, hey, name the animals. Sure. That right there is, uh, I'm going to call that a thumbtack. What if, like, what we know is a dog now, Adam decided to call a thumbtack back then? And when he saw a dog, its name would be thumbtack, because that's just what Adam decided. I don't know. It's just weird thoughts I have sometimes, guys. Go with me, okay? So Adam and Eve get to name the animals because God says, hey, name the animals. Enjoy this. Have fun. Um, Hang out in the garden. Have fun. He gives them one rule. What's the one rule? Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Okay. We don't know if that was an apple or not. We don't know what kind of fruit it was, but it was some kind of fruit they could eat. He said, don't eat it. One rule. Anyone ever want to take a guess on what they did? They ate, they ate it. Like a couple of knuckleheads, they ate it. And so because of that, guess who we descended from? Adam and Eve. Adam and, Eve. and therefore, we have been born into that same sin that our foreparents started with Adam and Eve, because all of us as humans come from them. So unfortunately, they passed that awesome trait down to us, which is called sin, which as soon as sin entered, entered the world, guess what also entered the world? Death. Adam and Eve would have lived forever physically. Their bodies would have never, they would have never stopped. They would have never died. They would have been alive forever. And so when sin entered the world, physical death entered the world, but also spiritual death entered the world. Sin puts a wedge in between us and God because God is perfect. Sin is imperfection. God can't be with imperfection. It doesn't work. And so when sin entered the world, so man got separated from God. And therefore we're separated from God just like Adam and Eve were. And it happened way back then. So... Here is a, is a beautiful quote right here, okay? 
Who is that, Vince? Way to go, dude. Um, here's, here's a quote from one of my, one of my uh, favorite movies, Braveheart. This is William Wallace who says this. He says, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. And here's the thing. When you look around at people, do you ever think about the fact that the majority of people in the world today are walking dead people? Like, like, hold on, stop talking. This does not require response. This is, requires thought. Do you ever stop and think about the fact that the people walking around in your school, if they have not accepted Christ, their spirit is dead, and they are just walking around with just a dead spirit inside of them, and though they're physically alive and God gives us enough life to be able to come to know him, even though that happens, a lot of people haven't done that. So they're walking around and they just are dead. Which brings a whole different meaning to this quote when you, when you hear about every man dies, okay? But not every man or woman truly lives. And hopefully this makes even more sense as we keep going. But, so here's the deal. We lived physically for ourselves. This is what this verse is saying. We live physically for ourselves, all of us, at some point. We just live for ourselves. That's who we were about. That's number one. That was, that's who we cared about, number one. And you know you guys did this when you were kids, like if you have a younger brother or sister, or even if you have um, a, a younger cousin hanging out at family things, like if there's a, a video game or some cake or something that you want and the little other little kid wants it, you're going to fight him for it because you want it. Because you're looking out for who? You, right? If I'm a little kid and I see a big fatty piece of ice cream cake, because I don't like normal cake, but ice cream cake sitting there, and I see my little cousin next to me, little Mikey's over there looking at the cake, and I'm looking at the cake, and I see him looking at the cake. I say, in my head, I'm like, at all costs, he will not have this cake. Because I want the cake. And so, in that moment, as a little kid, let's just say five or six years old, I'm looking at Mikey, and I really do have a cousin, Mikey. Um, we're looking at the cake, and he's kind of younger and a little slower than me. And so I make my move in my little toddler pants. And I move towards the cake, and he starts moving towards the cake, and he's a little younger, so he's not quite as quick, but he still has got a little... Uh, a little uh, something to, to his movement there, and he gets there about the same time as me, and so I use my superior physical strength, I shove him down. I say, Mikey, get back. And so he falls down, and he starts crying, but I don't care because the cake is in reach now. And so I reach out, I grab the cake, I take the cake, and I stuff my face with the cake. Because that's what I do with ice cream cake. And so Mikey's crying. I'm eating the cake. My mammy comes over. Sees Mikey crying. (laughs) Of course, she asked me, Brad, what did you do? Nothing. I didn't do anything. I am blameless. Pure as the driven snow. (laughs) I've done nothing. And so 
She looks at me and totally knows as I'm eating stuff in my face with this cake and Mikey's right next to, to where the cake was and he's crying that I didn't do anything. And so we asked Mikey, he's like, she's like, Mikey, what, what, what did Brad do? And Mikey's like, eh. <laughs> he pushed me. And I'm like, no, no. Okay, but I wanted the cake. I wanted it. And then mom looks at me and she's like, did you, did you push Mikey? I didn't do it. Are you lying to me, Bradley? I didn't do, okay, maybe I did a little, but I didn't mean to. Anybody pulled that in, mean to, that's what I thought. So I'm totally looking at my mom, I start lying, I didn't do it, but then eventually I have to give in, I didn't mean to. And then as soon as, uh, as, soon as I admit it, guess what happens to the cake? It gets taken away and it gets given to Mikey. Lame. But how many times did you do, maybe you didn't have a cake incident with Mikey, but you had some kind of incident with a little brother, little sister, little cousin, you got in a fight, or, or you, you, you took them out to get something you wanted, you didn't want to give them a turn on the slide, right? You didn't want to give them a turn playing the video game. It's, no, it's my video game. No. You can put your hands down. And so we see it even as little kids that we are selfish little crumb grabbers. We are all about us, right? And here's the thing, that doesn't really stop. When you get older and older, and you guys know it now, right? In middle school, when you look around, there's a lot of selfish people around, right? There's a lot of people in your class who if they had the choice of you getting made fun of or them getting made fun of, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure it's you and not them, right? Because they are more concerned about who? Them. Themselves. Not you. Them. Because they are selfish. Just like all of us are. Now, here's why I bring all that up. Because it helps us understand that this isn't just something in the Bible that you read and you're like, yeah, okay, we're all born into transgression and sin and we're all selfish, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 we really are. Like we see it from little babies all the way up until we're adults. Like people are just naturally selfish. When we don't have our spirit alive in us, when we don't have that going, when we don't have the Holy Spirit in us, when we don't have God doing things in us, we are all about us. And that's when really bad stuff usually happens. It's usually not too big of a deal when we're kids, right? It's like Mikey getting pushed down. That's not a big deal. He's going to get his cake at the end of the day. Um, We get older, it starts getting a little bit more serious, right? Like reputations get ruined in middle school because of a rumor that got started just because they were selfish and didn't want to admit it was them that actually did it. So they'll say that this person did it instead. And then we get into high school, and then it gets even more uh, serious because you get a little bit more freedom. You start to drive. You can make the decision, oh, okay, I'm going to have some some beers, uh, even though I can't. So I'm going to have some beers, and uh, even though I'm not old enough to do it, I'm going to go ahead and do it because we're at this party. I'm going to do it, and, and I'm, I'm about me, so I'm just going to do it. And then, you know, I need to get home, so I'm going to drive home, and I don't want to ask anybody for a ride. Hey, guys right here, I need you to stop talking. Thanks. 
Um, so I'm going to go ahead and drive myself and my buddy with me because we got to get home. Um, and then uh, because you were selfish, you, you didn't really care about what you were doing, you had too much to drink, you get in a wreck, your buddy dies. So then you get older, um, you're still selfish, you're still focused on you, and now you're, uh, you've, you're, you're hanging out with this girl, you're really serious, you know, you really like each other a lot, you get really dumb, and then uh, sooner or later, something happens, and you got a little baby now, and, uh, but you're selfish, right? So you don't really care about the baby or the, the person, and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to go hang out, and I'm going to leave, I'm going to do something else. And so then you wind up having a mom with a baby, and nobody, nobody taking care of them other than the mom, and the mom has to get rid of the baby. All this crazy stuff happens because we're what? Selfish people. All of us. I'm selfish, you're selfish. It's just the way we are. And so when we see in the Bible that we're born into transgression and sin, we know it's true because we see it every single day. And in this verse, it's pointing to the fact that we are controlled by this ruler of the air. That is a reference to this guy named the devil or Satan because he's ruler of this earthly place. It didn't say the heavens, it said the air. The air is just the area outside the earth. Um, God has allowed Satan to be here on the earth. Therefore, we kind of are doing whatever Satan wants. That doesn't mean that you're like worshiping Satan. But if you're not living for God, you're doing what Satan wants, right? All Satan wants is for you to not be worshiping God. Because if you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping probably yourself, And that's what he wants. And so in this verse, we get to see, dude, we're in a messed up state, all of us. We're born into it. There's not one of us who is immune to this. We're all selfish. We're all into ourselves. We're all into sin because we're not about who God is. And so we wind up living just the way Satan wants us to live. Just like Eve got tricked back in the very beginning of time, she got tricked by this serpent who was Satan to eat this fruit, and then there entered sin for the first time, and we're continuing to get tricked every day into not living for God. And so here's the deal. At the end of the day, we've all disobeyed God, every one of us. There's not one of us that hasn't. Adam and Eve did it. It's trickled down the generations, generation after generation, and I've done it, I've disobeyed God, you've disobeyed God, all of us have done that. Because of that, just like if you break a rule at the house, you know how you're, like if you break a a big rule, let's say it's a big rule at the house, and you know this is like dad's big rule, and if you break dad's big rule, the one who's going to come down on you is dad, and you will face the wrath of big papa, okay? You break his rule, and you're, you're going to see the wrath. When I, was, when I was little and I broke one of dad's rules, scared to death, my dad was going to break bad on me. He was going to get medieval on me. He was going to, to erupt with anger when he finds out that I broke his big rule. So all of us have disobeyed God, and the, the verse right there actually says we all deserve wrath. Guess who we deserve wrath from? God. And I don't know about you, but to, to know that we actually deserve God's wrath, it's a lot bigger deal than, 
than getting the wrath of my dad or your dad. This is like the big dad. This is the dad of all of us, um, the one who made everything. We deserve his wrath. So remember that first question we asked, what do you deserve? There's the answer. You deserve wrath, God's wrath. If you read some stories in the Bible of God's wrath, scary stuff that will make you like need to go to the bathroom um, because you wet yourself because it's so scary. I mean, God's wrath is a big deal. Scary stuff. And that's what we deserve. That's what I deserve. That's what you deserve. Wrath. Ha. Scary stuff. Now, there was another question, though. What do you get, right? Say yes. Okay. So there's another question. We have to answer that. But before we do that, we have to actually read some more verses. Verse 4 and 5 of Ephesians chapter 2 says, But because of his great love. All right, things are looking up, right? We're talking about love now. Right? Okay. So because of his great love for us, the people in in Ephesus and and us here, um, who is rich in mercy, talking about God, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you and I have been saved. So we deserved wrath. But... You gotta love, but, with one T. You gotta love that but, because of love. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, because of love, God saved us. He gives us grace. And that is the best news that any of us are ever gonna hear. Now, because God loves us, he gives us grace so that we can really live, okay? This whole thing that we're dead, we're all selfish, we're all born into death, sin, bad things, God's wrath, all that is true. But there's grace. And grace is this, something you do not deserve, but it's given to you anyway. We deserve wrath. But grace, so we get something else instead. So we actually get to really live. How do we actually do that? How do we actually really live? Let's keep reading in Ephesians. Chapter 6, or chapter 2, verse 6. And God raised us up, talking to us, people in Ephesus, raised us up with Christ. Christ is who? Jesus. Jesus, right. Um, Raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Where is that? Heaven. Okay, nice. Y'all are, y'all are like quick as a whip. Now, heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages we might show the un- incomparable riches of his grace. There's that grace word again. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So, this grace, this wonderful, awesome, exciting, saving grace, is what keeps us from death. No more wrath, 
but grace. And we get that through who? God, Jesus, yes. And so this grace is coming to us from Jesus. Now, we all deserved what? Wrath. Okay. And, and then Paul says, but, but you get grace now. Because of Jesus, you get grace. Now, that wrath had to go somewhere. It's not like it just was like, mm, okay, wrath gone now. No more wrath. Vanished. I'm a magician. It went away. It, it's, uh, it's totally gone now. The wrath had to go somewhere. The sin had to go somewhere. And God had to take his wrath out on the sin. Y'all get that the wrath is for the sin. It's not really for you or for me. It's really for the sin. Because he loves us. And so the sin, the wrath had to go somewhere. Guess who it went to? It went to Jesus. So when we go back and we look at the Easter story, and we read about Jesus who went and he died and he got put on this cross and he got tried and, and executed for saying that he was the son of God, which he was. This guy who never did anything wrong, he actually took on to him, he took on to him all the sin that you did, all the sin that I've ever done, he took it on him. And then all that wrath that was supposed to come to you and that was supposed to come to me went to him. And he died, just like we're supposed to die. Spiritually, we're supposed to be dead forever because of sin. God said, no, 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 I love you too much. I'm going to give you Jesus. Jesus is going to take the sin on him. He's going to take the wrath on him. He can take it because he's Jesus. You can't. So I'm going to put it all on him. He's going to be the only way that you're going to get out of this. So Jesus died for us. So whenever you hear that whole thing, Jesus died for you, that's what he died for. He died for you to not have the wrath of God on you so you have a way to know God again. So you don't have to be trapped in sin and selfishness and be all about you and be walking around like a dead person with no spirit that's not alive. You got nothing in you that's really living. You're not really living. You're totally just kind of a shell of a person. And he took all of that sin and wrath on him so that you don't have to be that. So you can be an alive middle schooler going in your school, knowing who God is, knowing that you were made for something bigger than yourself. You weren't made just so that you get all the ice cream cake. You were made to give the ice cream cake to other people. (laughs) So here's the deal. God saved us all. He saved all of us. He has made a way for all of us to be saved. But notice who's the one who did that. I'll even underline it for you. God did that. Not any one of you did that. I didn't do that. I didn't save myself. I didn't save any of you. You didn't save yourself. You haven't saved anybody. You haven't done anything to deserve being saved. Nothing. I don't care how much money you give away. I don't care how nice you are to people. I don't care how many hugs you give to people. I don't care any of that. You haven't done anything to deserve to be saved. Just like I haven't done anything to deserve to be saved. So the only one who has saved us is God. We always have to remember that. 
that we didn't deserve anything. God did it himself because he loves us. God did that, not us. So God gave his wrath, put his wrath onto Jesus. Jesus took all our sin. He took away this this thing that separated us from God. He took it on himself. We just have to realize that. That, dude, I can't live for me. For I can't be all about me. I, I, I definitely have sinned and fallen short. I definitely have been about me and not about God. I've definitely been living for things that are not of God. I need Jesus. I need this grace that we're talking about. I need that. So you get grace. I get grace. All of us get it. And the beautiful thing about that is you get grace, but you get it so that you can get Jesus. The grace is to get Jesus. The grace is Jesus. So when we get Jesus, we no longer get death. When we sing those songs about you conquered death, the, death, the, the sting of death, you, we don't feel that anymore. That's what that means. Physically, yeah, you're going to die still. I'm going to die still. We're all going to die physically. This is not meant to last forever. Your spirit is what lasts forever. And it can be alive or it can be dead. To be born again is to be alive. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come to give you life and give it to the full. I've come to take your wrath, the wrath of sin from you and put it on me so that you can be alive, so that you can know who God is. Like we said last week, so you can be in the family again. So you get grace, but you get it, so you get Jesus. And Jesus is the one who makes us alive. Jesus is the one who makes us born again, like we keep talking about. He's the one that we should be living for. He's the one who makes it possible for us to be spiritually alive. Because before him, we're just all dead. And just like everybody on earth is born into sin and born into death, we all can experience life, but we have to come to Jesus. We have to accept him, believe in him, and understand that he took that wrath for us, and he gives us grace. He gives us what we don't deserve. He gives us God. He gives us love, and he gives us forgiveness of all that stuff. All those moments you've been selfish, all those moments you're going to be selfish. He takes it on him.